you start showing up, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have the, you know, the best flow that all of these, you know, big time mentors talk about. You just have to show up and just, you know, be honest and keep repeating that. And I think people will start falling in line with what you do. Hey, feasters, and welcome to episode four of season four of Live in the Feast. If you have dismissed your local market as a viable niche, this episode is for you. Today's co-host is Matt Medeiros. I've known Matt for close to six or seven years now. The local market is in Matt's blood, literally. He grew up with his family owning a local car dealership, and then he founded a digital agency with his father in Southern Massachusetts. If you're wondering about this whole niching down thing, but then fear that you're missing out and leaving money on the table, have a listen at this episode. Or if most of your business is coming by way of word of mouth and you're looking to make that more predictable, by the end of this episode, you'll be able to take your generalist services to your local market and arm yourself with so many ideas and strategies to be successful. See, Matt unpacks about eight or nine different successful strategies in this episode alone that he's done within his local market, not just to position himself as the expert, but to delight and elevate all the businesses he works with. Matt, for as long as I've known him, is comfortable being himself, which is genuine and completely open about his thoughts and opinions. I was excited he accepted the invitation to talk with us about this topic And I think by the end of this episode, you'll be thinking about your local market too. So without further ado, let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by Feast, the premium online coaching and community designed for web developers, designers, marketers, and freelancers of all type wanting to specialize their business and build recurring revenue that's profitable and sustainable. Today's market is ever-changing and yesterday's advice won't cut it. Feast members get access to the roadmap and training library, which includes everything you need to niche down, build recurring revenue, and become that go-to respected person for your services. That, together with monthly roundup calls, exclusive workshops, expert chit-chats, and our Slack community, you'll have everything you need to live the life of your own design. If you're serious about not competing on price and having clients that respect you and your expertise, then join Feast. Head over to feastcourse.com today. Feasters, welcome. And today's featured co-host is Matt Medeiros. Welcome, Matt. Jason, it's a pleasure to be here. Pleasure to have you. Matt is a creator, a connector. I've known him for years in and around the WordPress space. He's been a bit of a podcast mentor for myself. He's currently an account executive at Pagely, but he has been building businesses ever since working for his family-owned car dealership when he was just a wee lad pulling weeds. Like six years old. <laughs> There's got to be some child labor no law child now. Labor laws. <laughs> We're just talking about this. We're from the East Coast. Like, you're outside working, doing something immediately. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. But I brought him on to the show because he's built a successful local digital agency. He's hosted several podcasts, including The Matt Report and We Are Here, which is a podcast for local entrepreneurs of Southern Massachusetts. So, Matt, why don't you just share a little bit more about why you do what you do? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, love technology, love connecting people, just growing up uh, in the sales business, the car sales business all my life and just having a passion for technology. This is sort of the path that it's led me on. I've done a lot over, you know, the 15 to 20 year span in the digital space, but uh, really enjoying my time now at Pagely as an account executive, uh, helping them sell WordPress hosting. Like Jason said, started an agency uh, with my father almost uh, almost a decade ago at this point. It's still running today. It's still successful, still taking on clients in the local market. And then of course, also a local podcast that I recently spun up. I actually did the pilot season for earlier this year, and I'll be kicking back up the, uh, I guess, full season starting mid-October with some new entrepreneurs. Southern Massachusetts, about an hour south of Boston, 25 minutes west of Providence. And not a lot of entrepreneurship stuff going on until the last couple of years, an accelerator mm-hmm. that I'm a mentor in. And entrepreneurship and startup really started to you know awaken a lot of eyes in this area. So I said, hey, this is prime for me to use some of my online skills uh, in the offline world. Hmm. I mean, that's why I wanted to have you, right? Mm-hmm. Because I feel that especially with niching down and specializing your business, localization is always, hey, is this a thing? Can I do that? But the developers, the designers, those people that are building these online businesses, they often say, how do I crack that nut? How do I build a business in that space, but only focus in on, hey, maybe this smaller town or smaller area, county even? And I'm curious, when you first started your digital agency, was that the focus? You were really, I mean, didn't you start off with like a magazine or something in that realm with that? Yeah. I mean, it was not an easy road to get to like finding the exact fit of your market. Like they, you know, the term is product market fit, finding the right customer, you know, loving your job and, you know, working with people that that you really want to, you know, work with. It's never an easy road to get there. I mean, some people are really good at saying, you know, here's my blueprint, here's my target market, here's how I'm going to approach this, you know, but even those folks have come from some kind of past experience before where they know that they have to really focus in on that to, to make it work. That's not, you know, what I do. It's not what a lot of business owners I know do. This a lot of business owners just say, screw it. I, I want to have my own business because I, I just want to be in control of what I have going on. And that's the only step they have to, to, to launch the business. What we learned straight away was, wow, when you try to offer all of this stuff, it's not going to work. Like we cannot handle all of these products and services. And then you start to narrow down what are the products and services that we can offer that we can do really well. And then from there you say, my God, we're attacking all of these customers. There's way too many types of customers now. You know, we went from 12 products to six, but now there's a hundred customers. We need to find, you know, 10 that really work really well. And then you continue to whittle down. I don't think it's something that ever stops, uh, at least mm-hmm. in the agency world. It's why I like the agency world. It's the good and bad. There's no, there's no one way to to do things because you're servicing customers at the end of the day, you need to be profitable. So you can sell your services to whomever for whatever price tag you put on it, big or small, it's up to you. But yeah, getting to that funnel, funneling down your stuff is, isn't something that just comes at the click of a button. 
it, right, it right. takes it takes some some trips and some stumbles along the way <laughs> oh yeah definitely yeah i mean i've whittled my business down numerous times yeah. once i started to realize that i needed to yeah um, and that was that was for me the eye-opener sort of moment the aha moment was when i realized that i needed to niche down or figure this business thing out and who i was serving and how i was serving them in a better light so i'm curious though was it a and this could come from because the experience with the family owned business but how was it for you as a digital agency to say okay i'm gonna we're gonna stick to this local market and was there any tug or pull with the rest of the team there well yeah that's the general you know to speak transparent that was the general struggle you know towards me deciding to move to to pagely was really well number number one uh, you know i i've talked about this before i think in the last couple of years things have gotten pretty well at least a couple of years ago anyway the the market for wordpress digital agency was a, a very tight market right i don't know if it was the us presidential elections happening and all this other stuff happening but we weren't seeing the type of flow that we were that we were used to seeing starting the business with my father just two different schools of thought. I mean, we're two different generations. His approach was very much meet and greet in person, shake a hand, bring a customer into the agency. I mean, we had a physical office furnished with nice couches, a television, like it's nice. Mm -hmm. um, but his approach is very hands-on because that's how you sold a car, right? You never sold. Right. I mean, anybody who bought a car from California, it was just, you know, it was like a Corvette and there was a specific, specific color that they wanted and nobody else had it and we shipped it to them. His selling experience and building a business was very much in person on hand, shaking hands. That's awesome. I think many people in our industry need to do that now to find better results because I think a lot of people, it's drying up online for them. They need right. to go to the local market. And then, of course, my school of thought was I'm managing bigger projects. The, pe the people that I'm dealing with aren't around here. They're either in Boston about an hour and a half away or they're in California and you know we never see each other, but we do business and we get some big paychecks. It's just harder to scale that. Right? Mm. And those were the two sort of you know different paths that, that we were taking. And then, of course, I had a child. I had a second one on the way. And I was like, look, with business being a little bit tight, I was like, this, is, this isn't stress that I need right now because kids need to be here and need to focus on it. And that was the reason why uh, sort of I went to uh, the Pagely route. But yeah, definitely a pull on, do you stay local or do you stay, or do you go sort of global as it's known? Mm. Yeah. I mean, that handshaking thing, that mom and pop feel, I think that that's lost or has been lost for a while. I can see it from just how I've tailored my services over this past several years is that when I've talked to clients, asking them, hey, what can I do better? How do I make this better for you? Why you stay with me? These kind of questions that I ask, a lot of them aren't skill-based. A lot of them aren't you know, delivery-based. They're all how I communicate, how I, you know, how I cater to them, how the experience that they are with me versus other developers that they've had in the past. So it's, I think that whole idea of that experience, that, that local feel is harder online. It's harder to do, especially like, I mean, me and you were talking via Zoom right now. So it's right. like, you know, there's no context here uh, as if you were in the room. Yeah. There's a thing. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got this whole sort of theory on the digital blue collar worker, right? I think we're moving into a segment and I don't mean any offense to anybody. You know, when I use that phrase, I don't know if people still actually get offended by that, but you know, I think we're moving into a phase where, yeah, like there are mom and pop digital shops now 
And there's absolutely nothing wrong with it because it's not like, again, if you're in California, you're not going to call up somebody in Boston. You're not going to call up a plumber in Boston to come fix your leaky faucet. You're going to look to somebody local. You're going to look at the reviews. You're going to see what they're doing. I think that it's just taken enough time for the local businesses and people in this in an area to finally catch up to the internet to, to even like understand. And it's still that people haven't caught up. Like people are still literally don't have a website. They don't know why they need a website, um, but a majority of them do. And now it's the next step is they're looking at, okay, I've had a website for the last three or four years. It really hasn't done anything for me. I see all my competitors and my colleagues doing stuff with their websites. I need to kick this up. I need digital marketing. I need e-commerce. I need something, some mobile strategy, you know, and now they're finally coming to, to grips with it. And you're going to have more people in your local sector looking for that expertise. They don't want to find somebody that they only Zoom with or that they only, you know, have to travel an hour to go see or they have to come the other way. They're going to want somebody local. And I think right now is a great time to, um, you know, to, to kick that back up again. Yeah, yeah. And it's tough for a lot of people. I mean, myself included. I mean, I lived in New York City and I had no New York clients, right? But like, it was not by choice, not by, you know, it just happened to be that way. Right. Um, but I think a lot of people shy away because they want that, for one, they're a little introverted. They don't want to do that face-to-face sales. And I think I'll be honest, when I do the face-to-face sales, get much better results. Yeah. Right. I mean, (laughs) once you get in a room with somebody and have a conversation with somebody, it's like almost uh, just like, here, where's the paper? Yeah. And I mean, the other thing that that you've done really well over your, over the last few years, anyway, that I've really noticed is your, your consistency. You, you keep showing up. Right. I think a lot of people forget that, they have to just keep showing up. It's a lot of people, when they make the decision to become a freelancer or become a consultant, even if it's just a side gig thing, they're doing it at the wrong time because they're doing it when they need it the most. So a lot of people are doing this shift because they're like, oh my God, I need to make some extra money right now because of whatever bills and you're not just making enough money in your in your day job, whatever. And the problem is, is that they're making it at the wrong time. So they're trying to force things in as fast as possible. I'm not saying everybody, but just again, from the people I've talked to personally and, and on the web, they're making it at the wrong time and they give themselves like 90 days. So they get as right. much information as they possibly can. Okay. How do I do this? And they, and which is great. It's great that people are learning. It's great that they're buying courses. It's awesome. That's what you have to do, but you're not giving yourself enough runway and a year isn't even enough runway. A year, just you've made it to the next step. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get, right. let's get to years two and three now. It's just, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that it's over or that things should be at a certain level. Whenever you're always having a tough time in business, you have to remember, at least in the agency world, Hey man, this is the game. This is what we sign up for. Because at any point in your digital consulting career, you could turn to the next customer and say, it's a million dollars to do business with me. And somebody might say yes, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. And, you, and you're like, oh my God, I just figured this out. And you're yes, exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. But it, you don't know when to say that, right? You don't know when to do that. But my point is, is you show up consistently and that's a big win for a lot of people. You know, another point is, I talked about this in the preview episode that I have coming out for the Matt Report season. I haven't published the Matt Report episode audio proper in six months, six months. But people still say, hey, Matt, I love your podcast. That's great. Where the Mm -hmm. hell have you been? I haven't published anything in six months. (laughs) What have you been listening to? Right. But that doesn't matter. The point is, is they they recognize that I do WordPress podcasts and I've been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. Same thing, local podcast, entrepreneurship, five episodes, 
February, March of this year. Have not published another episode since. The people that I know in my local community love the podcast. Listen to it. It's great. It's awesome. You know, when are you going to come up with another episode? Hey, it's awesome. I'm already the local podcast guy. I haven't even done, you know, <laughs> sort of three months yet, right, of a podcast. But the point is, is, you know, you get into a, a position where you showed up consistently. You know, people know me from the WordPress podcast in my local area, but they know it. They don't really listen to it. But as soon as mm-hmm. I published a, a local one, they were like, oh, he's doing a local one now. So, okay, he's awesome. He's he's the local podcast guy for entrepreneurship. So, you know, you start showing up, you don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have the, you know, the best flow that all of these, you know, big time mentors talk about. You just have to show up and just, you know, be honest and keep repeating that. And I think people will start falling in line with what you do. Yeah. Yeah. So to your point about the local podcast, I mean, in and of itself, podcast, I've listened to podcasts for years, Mm -hmm. right? Like even before podcast was podcasting, Mm -hmm. right? Like, (laughs) and it's kind of in my mind, a local podcast is like almost like a paradox because it's like you're putting this out there on the web, right? But it's specifically catered to that region and that entrepreneurship in that region. Do you promote it elsewhere? Do you like, how do you like, what's the idea there? Like, like, does, would I as a New Yorker get benefit from it? Yes. I like the stories. I, I listen to the show and Yes, there's ideas there and golden nuggets, but you're not catering to me. You're right. catering to that specific region. Yeah. So what was the idea behind that? Yeah, I mean, you know, for years I've I've always laughed at, you know, calling myself an artist, but you know, the more years the older I get, the more grace I get in the spirit, I start saying, you know what? Maybe I am an artist. Maybe I maybe a little bit of creator. Is, is is a creator, yeah, yeah. right? Or a creator. Yeah, yeah. So the artist in me wants you to, you know, enjoy maybe a story, you know, even if you live in New York, you never meet these people that you get something out of it. And that's, you know, one little layer of it. I mean, really the second layer is I feel like at least in my area to be a champion of entrepreneurship is important to me right? Uh, to, to do the things that I do online, like the only thing I do really well online is to be like, you know, hey, Jason, do you know, you know, Sarah over there? Oh, you should. Let's let You should connect. And, you know, she can help you with, you know, your stuff. You can help her with her stuff. Being an online connector is things that I'm really good at. Um, mm-hmm. I want to be able to do the same thing offline. The third thing is, is, you know, it's, it's really important to me to be in the community. Don't know why, <laughs> other than the fact that I, you know, that I enjoy it, but being able to give back in at, to the community at that level is important to me because my family did it for so many years at, with the dealership. Now that I have kids, I'm thinking to myself, well, Jesus, you know what, what the hell is the Matt report going to do for my kids? <laughs> you know? but, hey, maybe if I had something running of a local media thing, it's something that, you know, as my kids grow up, they can probably laugh at when they're really young, but as they get older, they could be like, hey, it's, it's kind of cool that, you know, we might have this connection of business resources, whether they want to do business or not. Right, right. Maybe there's something there that they can pull from. So that's sort of the, uh, the major reason actually behind it. Hmm. That's definitely cool to hear. Once TJ was here, he's going to be two in December. There was like a weird switch that went off in my head. Like all of a sudden now I do want to feel a sense of community. Right. Like if I'm planting roots here, then let me, you know, even my wife was saying, like, you made friends with the neighbors in a week. Like, I'm surprised at that. <laughs> Especially for a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> so, but in and of itself, I mean, what has it done for the people that have already been on the podcast and for their business awareness and their business? Has there been, I hate to use the term, but it's been an ROI, not necessarily monetarily wise, but, you know, 
for them on the local podcast? So what I did uh, as a quick like promotion, so I actually approached the local podcast again, even though it was a short run of, of pilot episodes, I really wanted to test it first, right? I wanted to make sure I didn't just like go all in if I didn't see people, uh, you know, really stick to it. But after the episode number two, I was at the coffee shop and somebody was like, you're that guy from that podcast. I was like, really? Like already? Like this is already happening? Doesn't even make sense. So what I did was uh, I spent uh, some money on branding. So I created a, what I feel like is a, is a good logo design and brand. Mm-hmm. I spent some time making uh, the social media graphics, which is basically just, you know, the brand, the show title and, and the logo and all that stuff. It sounds it sounds like, yeah, no no kidding. But like, I never did that with the Report. I still don't do that with the Report. <laughs> like, I still don't do it. Slash subscribe. Right. Slash subscribe. That's it. So I spent some time doing that. And um, I aligned the first five businesses. They were all female entrepreneurs. And I wanted to have them give away something, you know, if they wanted to for their businesses. So I did a raffle entry for every episode. So, you know, the first one uh, was a, a local gift shop and she gave away a $50 gift card to her gift shop. So people could enter to that. Then the next one was a, was a one-on-one personal trainer. So we gave away a program for that. Another one was, you know, a, a place where you go you bring your kids to do like events and like not a daycare, but like they uh, educational events and, and parties mm. and stuff like that. So we gave away a thing for that. So they definitely got a boost in awareness that way. And it mm. wasn't, and these are folks, they're not used to this. Right, right, right. So not to say that they're not educated in the technical space because specifically the, the boutique fitness was one of the ones that I interviewed. Amazing marketer, especially online with Instagram and, and Facebook. She was actually doing YouTube videos before I was doing YouTube videos, which was like seven years ago, eight years ago. <laughs> but she was just doing it. She like she didn't know she was like creating right, marketing. Right. But when I when so I said, Hey, we're gonna do this. Oh, I love podcasts. I'm like, okay, we can do a podcast. So here's a date we're gonna do it. The first time we connect over Zoom, just like this. And she's at her studio and there's a class going on and it is loud as hell. <laughs> and all I can hear is like the music. Right, right. And the instructor, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, uh, do you have like a room you can go into to record this? She was like, no, can you hear that in the background? I'm like, yeah, it's not gonna. <laughs> like, that's cool if I was like NPR creating like this, you know, well-orchestrated right, right. podcast, but it's just not gonna work here. So yeah, I mean, I would say on the short, so far, they had a, a good ROI of attention. I've already seen an ROI in it. The Mariport, you know, I've talked about before, has an ROI of well into the six figures, if not multiple six figures worth of business have come through that podcast. Not that I have a analytics funnel to measure it, but I just know off the cuff mm-hmm. that's what I've done. So hopefully it helps uh, the local businesses. That's really what it's all about. So how did you get the word out about the podcast? I mean, you said you were in a coffee shop and somebody mentioned it. Like, how did, how did that happen? So again, this is like... It's when we look at local, everybody is afraid of it, you know, specifically on like the web product side, because we're so afraid of, ooh, this person only going to want to buy a $500 website, a $1,000 website. I feel like, you know, short of that, the local stuff, people are still like catching up with this technology. So they're listening to big name podcasts, you know, things like Serial and maybe Startup or whatever. And they're still in awe of that technology. So just like local people get excited to be in a local newspaper, when you were telling them that they were going to be published on iTunes, they were like, really? That's pretty cool. Like they didn't, they don't know how to bridge that gap. So that was easy. Again, I mentor. So that wow factor is easy. I mentor an accelerator 
a local accelerator that's like really the only local accelerator in this area. So it's good timing. So they're able to spread the word and amplify the message. Plus these business owners, like they have thousands of, of Facebook fans. So they post it. Like these people are willing to post this stuff because this is like, this is new and exciting to them. We talked earlier in, in the show, like sometimes you get a guest and they don't even retweet your tweets that you tag them in because they just do like a hundred podcasts a month. So they don't get right. just another podcast, just another link. That's all they're after. These people actually cherish the time that you right. put into it, you know, and, I, and again, I make that nice graphic. They look at that graphic and they're like, wow, this is awesome. So I say, hey, can you use this on your Instagram? Because, you know, it'll it'll help you. It's easy to share. Just share this on your Instagram. It says what the episode number it is. They can go right there and, and click on it. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. You know, so it's 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 a great win win, you know, for everybody. Yeah. And, th- and they become raving fans because, like you said, that this is like their local newspaper they're getting to them. It's yeah. like, hey, this is free advertising, right? Like how much would it take to take out a page in that local newspaper that, you know, you pick up at the bank, right? Like, whereas now they have a focused 20, 30, 45 minute commercial. Yeah. Yep. That. Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about this in the past. Rest his soul, Clint Warren. He was an amazing in-person trainer slash educator. I mean, he was selling, you know, in-person WordPress trainings. I think for around the ticket price of 400 bucks a pop. And this is, I don't even, God, I don't even know, four or five years ago, you know, and he was filling a room with, with folks, you know, and he was, you know, set to make some pretty good money doing that. And in today's world where, you know, there's a, all of this online education, which again is awesome. I think anybody who's an online educator might look to doing what they're doing online, 10Xing that price and doing it in person. Because somebody's going to get the value of that in person, and that's what they're going to want to pay for. They want to see you speak about it, right? So there's plenty of ways that people can slice and dice the local market that they don't have to be so afraid of, uh, I think, nowadays. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny that you mentioned that because <laughs> about how receptive they are to help promote your business, right? Like we're, we're talking about the podcast, but if you were a developer or a designer or you know, and you have that wow factor in their mind and they have a five employee store on Park Avenue in or Park Street or wherever. And because they are already entrenched in the local market, who do you think they also talk to? Their next door neighbors on either side across the street. And there's six businesses now that also hear about who you are. And there's that referral network that starts happening. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think a lot of people are always like, hey, how do I advertise my businesses and SEO and Facebook ads and Google ads and all this stuff? And the local market, word of mouth, we talk about mom and pop feelings, like all of that stuff. Business has been run since the blacksmith in like all of these days under that premise. So if you can figure out what it is that you do and how you serve that local market, you do it well and show up, like you said, that's, you're going to have some fans. You're going to have business for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. This has been awesome, Matt. I know for me now, I'm I'm like, what can I do for Oceanside? (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of, it's kind of funny, but what's next for you? What's on the deck? I'll steal two more minutes because there's a story that I'm really attaching to a lot lately. And there's a a company actually in in Brooklyn, New York called Grado. They make headphones and they're a family owned company and they've been doing it for almost whatever, a hundred years, ever since there was sound coming out of a speaker. 
and they they don't get these big brands, right? They don't get or these big names, athletes and comedians and, mm. and associated to their headphones. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of Grado before, but I heard them actually on a on a big podcast. I can't remember which one I I listened to. But the point is, they literally just came out with a wireless headphone. Like they have never done anything like that before. No flashy stuff. And I think a lot of people just need to align with the fact that you don't always have to be like the Beats headphones of you know whatever. And I think mm-hmm. that when we look at our you know our colleagues and our competitors online and all this stuff, we're always trying to like either be like them or be bigger than them. So we're always starting to compare like what are their lives like, what are their businesses like, that kind of thing. You know, again, like I have the conductor plugin. I look at it the same way. Like page builders, go get them. I don't want anything to do with it. I get customers. I buy my stuff. That's all I care about. That's what I feel like Grado is. They're like, we build our headphones the way we want to build them. We're still in business. We're making money. We're happy. We're not trying to chase anything massive. I think a lot of people would do well if they just reasoned with themselves. Right. Like you don't have to blow your brains out trying to chase these things. You can find consistent business that you're happy with, local and online, or a mix of the two, whatever you find this good cadence with. Yeah. So, I mean, so what's next is really same thing I'm doing now, creating content, <laughs> uh, selling for Pagely. It's a, it's a good, healthy mix for me right now. You know, I really, of course, love the company at Pagely. Great folks. I really love what we're doing, getting some new products coming out fairly soon. So that'll be fun. But uh, yeah, I'm just looking to do that and create more podcasts. Might even all together, just go all in on the local market and just stop talking about WordPress altogether. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that you mentioned that, like, you know, come to grips with what you are, what you want, right? Like, because people have told me over the years, hey, why don't you, you know, I've had aqua hire proposals before. I've had, you know, hey, you need a team. You need, look, I'm happy with my six to eight clients every single month. I have a house, I have a wife, I'm supporting the family, doing what I want to do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And that's fine. But it's funny. Comparison kills. Yeah, you know? absolutely. It certainly does, especially in this business, especially if when you just work behind a laptop all day and you and you, if you don't interact with other people or go other places like a majority of us do. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can. It, it can really start to uh, you know to to weigh on yourself. And again, I think a lot of people are just downplaying the the local the local stuff that's happening, and maybe they can look into it uh, if it's uh, if their suits their business. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. Well. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate your time as always. Where can people reach out and say thanks? Uh, you can always find me at paisley.com if you need some kind of WordPress hosting stuff or go to craftedbymatt.com. That's where all of my stuff is that I do ever. Almost everything. All right. Awesome. <laughs> I'll put all of those links in the show notes, everything that we mentioned, all the links to the podcast that we mentioned as well. Thanks again, Matt, for your time. Appreciate it. Until next time, it's your time to live in the feast. comfortable with yourself and not comparing yourself to everyone else is one thing that I had to come to grips with a few years ago. And I can't tell you how much happier and less stressed I am. I encourage you to sit on Matt's final point for a little bit. It'll go a long way, especially when you're serving your own community. Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, then head on over to liveinthefeast.com and subscribe. Leave Matt and I a five-star rating and review in iTunes as well, as it will help others find this episode. We spoke about how picking a local market can take your generalist services into a niche. 
Next week, we'll be back with John Locke talking about the niche and how it can be industry-based as well. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast. Music